a lament. You were a persistent thing, grief. Your visits are too frequent. And you stay for far too long. Grief. You are selfish and unkind. You took my smile and took my night. They are nowhere to be found. You carved my heart out, grief. It is a cavity, hollow with weeds. I am changed, unrecognizable. I weep and I weep and I yearn for who I was before you touched me, grief. You, grief, are draining me. It is getting harder to feel like I belong with the world. My limbs are so heavy. The throbbing in my head. The stinging in my eyes. The tightening of my chest. Remind me I'm alive. Grief. Am I even alive? This doesn't feel like living. I'm a ghost. Why won't you go, grief? And yet, you are all I have, I have. Welcome back to Velvet Theory. Today I'm here with the artist Kimberly Burroughs in her studio at the Royal College of Art in London. Welcome. Thank you so much. Just to begin, I was wondering if you would mind like talking through your process. How do you how do you begin a painting? Me, I don't like to paint without having a reason behind it. So mm. I'm always like, why? Um, like I like to approach it with a thought or. Um, just kind of scoping that out, really. It usually is a, a personal experience that I am responding to, or it could be like something that's happened in the news or anything like that, really. Usually a piece of music, too. Like, I'm very... Um, I love listening to music and 
of if it is a personal experience that I'm responding to matching a piece of music to that because someone's usually written about it in a more articulate way than I have through <laughs> lyrics and, and, and yeah. setting the mood in a musical way and, and and yeah just responding to to kind of like the musical atmosphere so yeah that's usually how how I um approach my painting through some kind of like research method yeah. through method- methodologies and and then kind of you know how how am I going to paint this uh, like which materials am I going to use is it going to be acrylic on canvas is it going to be oil on canvas is it going to be pastel um is it going to be a sculpture because I've started to branch out into to making ceramics um but yeah so kind of establishing why I'm painting the materials that I want to use and mm. then kind of getting into the mindset of of doing the work then and yeah. really kind of using my body as as like the vessel to to paint or to make mm. and responding to that experience or piece of music that articulates the experience I will listen to anything like very experimental stuff I, I'll listen to a lot of different stuff um, into soul. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, soul is so good. I love, it is. I love yeah, soul. that's what my mum kind of like raised me on. Yeah, um, yeah. but I, I do think that there is something, yeah, for every kind of every situation, every mood. Um, but yeah, I I have a very kind of eclectic music. Tape. Come at the. You feel like you need to make a painting. You have a certain mood, right? Maybe you're angry or you're sad or you're happy and you're euphoric, or, you know. And then do you kind of try to find the music to match that mood and almost uh, like, ele- like uh, what, what's the word? Like intensify it, mm. I guess, in a way. Is that sort of yeah. sort of something you do? Or is it more like, I want to make a <laughs> an angry painting, now I'm going to listen to heavy metal? <laughs> yes, yeah, I think a, a bit of both, really. I yeah. Think, yeah, it kind of depends which frame of mind I'm in. Mm-hmm. Usually the second one, um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of... If there's a, I think a certain genre usually will speak for a mood. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I do think certainly, like, I am angry. <laughs> usually, yeah, definitely metal is <laughs> is a great outlet for that. And then I have favourite bands within yeah. that where I'll think, yeah. like, yeah, certainly Slayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'll paint a Slayer song. Yeah. Or, you know, let's get some Metallica on and yeah. just get it all out. And, you know, through the gestures very quickly, you are able to kind of you know work things out yeah um, yeah. yeah it's like a workout on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. totally yeah yeah, yeah. I, I told i know exactly what you mean um so because you're talking about music and music has a sort of duration right every yes. song has a certain duration and and so you know ma- whether making the song or listening to the song i feel like music has this definite or you know anything anything like time-based like that is really a definite time but painting is a weird one where I mean, you can paint a painting again and again and again and again the rest of your life and, and it's never finished in a way. So I was wondering, like, how, how do you know when a painting is finished or how do you feel like you've kind of completed yeah, your that's process? That's a very good question. And I think the duration is a good word. I think that, yeah, it, you do feel like sometimes, you know, this kind of window has elapsed now mm-hmm. and like, you know, I've kind of made peace with this this situation and like I've kind of really worked through this I think for me I feel like with the the materials with the surface area with the the, with the qualities and the marks that I have created on on 
this surface of canvas. I feel like I've kind of done everything that I've needed to do and I, don't, I want to be mindful that I'm not overworking it at the same time. Um, and especially with um, spontaneity uh, being like a big part of my practice. I, I like to kind of do things in one sitting. Yeah. I don't like to overwork. I don't like to revisit. I don't like to build too many layers. I don't like to spend too much time because I think that there is that risk of, mm. um, you know, really going overboard and doing too much. Yeah. Um, especially as I come from an illustration background, when I had sight, I think that, uh, and I was working in Photoshop, and mm. you would have something like 90 layers sometimes. You know, sometimes it's very easy to, to delete those layers, whereas when you're painting, you cannot do that. Right. And when you right. have um, visual barriers, it's very hard to know as well. So with me and my practice, I like to be very um, authentic. I like there to be that, that genuine expression too and you can only get that within one set one sitting yeah um so yeah you know it has to come out just in this this one time frame and, and responding to this feeling and you know it can only happen very very quickly yeah um yeah. so you kind of know you, you you do have this timer within yourself like you know i've made peace with this now this has happened it's done yeah and i mean we're sitting in your studio i'm surrounded by your paintings and there's there is this sort of emotional intensity, but it's it's not it's not like say one way or another. It's not say just uh, you know sadness or anger or just pure happiness. There is this sort of um, movement I feel definitely in the different feelings, which is a lot like life anyway. I mean, it's yeah. kind of you know it shifts. Yeah, it, it shifts from from dream to nightmare, I suppose. Um, so yeah, what like as you're making a painting, do you do you feel that your your feelings change through the process of mm -hmm. of the paint, or or is it sort of like you 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 want to make peace with that one emotion you felt at the beginning, or yeah, do, is there a journey like that for you internally? Yeah, there is, and I think you really hit the nail on the head. Like mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes it is there isn't just one certain thing. You can't just kind of pin one thing down and get it onto the canvas. It doesn't work like that. Um, like we cannot, because, you know, otherwise we'd be making photographs, we'd be right. kind of, you know, we'd be photographers. Life isn't just, you know, singular instances. We do go on these emotional journeys and that does happen as we are painting. Like we do yeah. shift. It is hard to pinpoint certain things. Like as we are um, expressing ourselves, we, we do kind of reach these turning points um, and I think that is evident within the mark making and and within the expression, I don't think you can kind of just sing singularly try and say this is me being happy and responding to this happy song because that would be very. She is electric.
very flat if um, I were to be like this one is happy and responds to a happy situation in my life um, I think that there are always going to be those markers and turning points yeah. um, and that's what makes them interesting that certain things have happened and it is a, it is a journey yeah. that the, the viewer uh, and the audience can, can hopefully see right at the same right time. There's this really great quote, and I, I always misquote it, but it's sort of like uh, by Willem de Kooning talking about it's not really about making a good painting, but it's about how far you can go. And I totally always think about that because a lot of the time I feel like it's not even really the the end result or trying to be good or, you know, it's, it's more about the, yeah, the internal feeling of, of a painting. And, um, and then also, it's interesting what you're saying about like the, there's sort of, um, I mean, again, it goes into time or duration as well with painting where, like, I feel like a lot of your marks may be fast, but they also may be, like, there's a speed of the mark making, right? And that has a different, like, mood maybe. Maybe a slower move is, you know, or a fast move is very, can be angry and violent, or it can also be um, happy and euphoric and, like, dancing. But then also the slow, and then the slow marks maybe could suggest, like, more, yeah, melancholic, more introspective, mm -hmm. thinking about things. So do you have, yeah, like a, do you go through different speeds in one painting in a way? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, and they do suggest different things to me. Yeah. And then, but then it ultimately is up to the audience yeah. and how they read it. So yeah. there's kind of that participation element, isn't there? Like how do other people read into that? And um, I make um, the, these paintings in response to certain things that have happened in my life, but that because they are abstract and expressionist, it's not very evident as to what it is. And, and sometimes very personal subject yeah. matter, it's not very obvious what it is. Sometimes very traumatic yeah. things, um, but it isn't very obvious as to what it is that is happening. You know, that, the quite severe subject matter so other people can just be like you know this is this is really interesting and uh, you know this, this there are some things happening here some quite suggestive mark making to me it reads like it's this and and i mm -hmm. did a crit recently and it was very interesting where you know how the crits set up where uh, we put our work on the wall and people kind of are interpreting the the mark making and mm -hmm. are talking about especially i did the, a triptych um and and people were very responsive to the mark making and how within each one they they do read as a singular canvas, but they also kind of bleed into each other and, and mm -hmm. it is a narrative. Yeah. Um, but ultimately people didn't know what the subject matter of it was. And, and that is how abstract art works. Um, and, I, and I like that, you know, it is for me as a, as a, as a therapy tool to, to kind yeah. of work through my problems uh, and my personal life. But at the end of the day, when it is displayed on a wall, it is how the audience reads it too, right. and how they read the marks. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 
I think that there's something also very powerful about abstract painting. I mean, especially your paintings to me that it's like, you're not kind of, like you say, like you're channeling maybe these traumatic things or, or various things and the audience doesn't know it, but somehow I can still feel you in the painting very much. And I feel sometimes, I mean, some abstract paintings, I don't feel the artist as much somehow. It doesn't come through maybe, or maybe they're just trying to make something that, that is a certain way, but, mm. but there's something, yeah, very raw, emotive, vital, expressive about it. Um, like I would say for me, like your paintings are almost like, uh, psychological landscape paintings in a way <laughs> like that's how kind of what I was thinking about when I was thinking about your paintings I was like that's sort of what I would what I would think about in a way um how about your choice of colors how do you how do you choose colors and uh, your palette um originally my color was never very important to me mm. when I started two years ago uh, during the pandemic I had a very wide color palette just because of the um I had a 48 big bo big box that I had um I have this Liquitex brand box available to me and I was just like wow I have all these colors I actually don't know which ones to choose I can't see color I don't know what I'm going for I'm just going to choose three at random mm. and I you know I just have this wide range of colors and can do anything and it's kind of like a you know a huge playground where I can just choose anything and create you know really experiment and do whatever I like and when I was posting them to Instagram people would then comment and say oh this choice of colors reminds me of this and you know this red and green reminds me of Christmas and this orange and this purple reminds me of sweet wrappers and it was very interesting how people read color and how it evokes certain memories for them so then I downloaded an app on my phone and was be began to be very mindful of colour. Mm. And I was like, yeah, actually, colour is very important to, to the audience and I need to sort of be aware of that and the power of colour. Um, so I do have an app on my phone called Swatches and it's like mm. a live camera. I also have something called Seeing AI that will read the labels to me too. So I will have kind of the the label and it will read, you know, this is Liquitex orange or, you know, Prussian blue or Payne's grey or whatever. I've also kind of railed some of them so okay. that I can just instantly kind of read it. Yeah. It still doesn't matter to me what I use as long as I just have a paint. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to be mindful that I am creating certain paintings and I want to express certain moods that, you know, I'm not always happy and I, but I, and I don't want to be painting with pink if I'm not happy <laughs> because that will read a certain way to people. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to make sure that I'm labeling them and using them correctly. So I do have three ways of, of accessibility available to me. Mm. Um, yeah, but for me personally, like it's not too important just as long as I have some kind of mediums and, and I can use. What does it mean in a way to play in your painting practice? Do you, do you think of, of painting as like a, an area of playing mm. or, um, or is it sort of... Um, is it maybe more determined in that you, you, you're determined to express a certain emotion or is it sort of um, playing and getting lost in the in the canvas, I suppose? It's both, really. I think it yeah. is. I do, I've always described it as um, like a canvas is a possibility and it is a playground mm -hmm. uh, and is an opportunity for expression. I've always liked the idea of it being this um, kind of, dimension to get lost in yeah um and I've always been very um intimate with the canvas that's always kind of another um way I've described it I like to use my hands and I like to get very involved 
and that's why I describe it as being like a playground because it is very it's very playful I do yeah. like to be very yeah and, and really kind of scratch away and build surface qualities and then just really experiment and have fun with it no matter what my mind set is and, and where I am um, I do try to communicate that and have fun at the same time because if it's not fun why are we doing it you know at the end of the day it, I, I do get a lot out of doing this people always ask me like why are you painting if you can't see it and I think that sight isn't important it is the way that it makes us feel we do, it is very valuable it does make us feel a certain way to to be communicating to people and 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 to be touching um the materials i think i i was reading an interview with a, a deaf man who was also like a composer and basically he was just saying that the music is still in his mind even though he can't hear it so there is something also deeper of course than sight of course you know there's something much deeper and especially in art i mean the idea is sort of to to manifest the soul in some way. And so I think it's, yeah, too simplistic to just be like, oh, it's just what it looks like. There's a lot more to it. And it's it's that feeling, it's that energy in in an object. And um, yeah, that's really beautiful. So did you, did you paint when you were a a child as well? Or did did you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's always kind of been the thread that's ran through um, my entire life and especially as it comes from and as a response to a lot of traumatic experiences so it's it's always been a response to medical trauma (laughs) so I was born uh, premature with congenital cataracts um, that were overlooked until I was four uh, nearly five so I, I always have um, had bad vision. Um, uh, my vision was very blurry as a child. I'd always been blind in my right eye and um, had very limited sight in my left. And when I was a child, the, the hospital I was born in, they didn't want to remove the cataracts. So my mum had to investigate and, and kind of find out what to do next. And it was London Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital that did want to operate and, and remove my cataracts. So we had to upheave ourselves and go from Manchester to London in our little car uh, mm. in the middle of the night so that I could have all these operations and procedures from four years old until I was 16. So I had a lot of medical trauma throughout my childhood and a lot yeah. of a lot of operations. They, they had like play areas and, and toys and things but they also had a lot of art materials yeah and that's what, what I would kind of be guided towards I didn't want to really play with the other children or play with the toys it was always the art materials that I wanted to that I was very keen to explore yeah I wanted to play with like the sequins and the glitter and and I think that was my way of of trying to understand the world and understand what I was going through it was yeah, kind of like an art therapy. That's very powerful. And I think it's, you know, because you could, you know, you could make, have you ever made music or are you interested in making music as well? Or not, not in a much? way, um, I have played musical instruments, not to um, an expert level. Um, mm. You know, I've, I've played the clarinet and the flute yeah. and the guitar and the saxophone. Oh, wow, not that's a lot. Really, <laughs> not inside my hand at them all. And I, I sing. Like I, yeah. I think I'm a better singer than I am a musician. Mm. Um, I do write poetry, which could kind of double as lyrics, I guess. Uh, and like I, I am very interested in music and I love going yeah. to live shows. And um, so, I, you know, I do. And my dad is a guitarist. 
Oh wow! Um, I just asked yeah. that because, like, I think there. I think it's very powerful that specifically you're making art and you're painting, and now you're doing, you know, ceramics, sculptures, mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Because I think there's something very. I, I guess. I guess for me, the medium is very important. Like, I think mm -hmm. if you were if if you were just a writer, maybe, or if you just made music, something which is mm -hmm. kind of immaterial. Yes. I think this fact of of you going through all this physical, very physical trauma, and then you're re-expressing it on the mm -hmm. canvas. It's just like incredibly powerful it's way more pop because it's it's taking what happened to your body and then putting it back out through your body kind of releasing it and yeah. processing it into something productive and yes. and yeah something sort of based out of of love in a way and mm -hmm. sort of um, and playing also you know yeah, it's very interesting so what do you think about sort of the the idea of tactility in art and things being sort of because yeah in, in in visual art and paintings and whatnot in museums you know always always you see the ki the kids getting in trouble because they 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 can't touch the thing and they want to touch the thing or they do touch the thing and they're like ah people freak out and it's like i wonder i think that tactility has this sort of like almost spiritual aspect to it which is part of sort of why i'm also really into paint on the velvet because it has this i mean it does something visually too where it has this sort of different shininess and darkness to it that's sort of very out of this world and then but then yeah it's like this everyone's always asking like can I touch your paintings and I'm like yeah of course just don't touch where I paint it but then you touch the side you know and, and and I think there's something about tactility that sort of brings us way like back to the body in a way that um yeah something about the, about the, the touch the physical touch that is so much about like intimacy and yeah I don't know and I just wonder if there's if you think there's like ways that art can become more tactile in the future because I, I, I feel like yeah, I feel like it's a lost opportunity. Yeah, I definitely think that there is room for art to be more open to participation. Yeah. For it to be more accessible. We have had lots of discussions around how to make the gallery space more accessible to blind and visually impaired people, especially the artwork itself, but the gallery space too. Like, how do we have, like, walkways that are accessible way that where visually impaired people can just walk independently free of obstacles how do blind people understand the the the, the artwork and objects independently is there something there that we can do with sensors with infrared sensors uh, to understand the labels or qr codes with apps but also equally where where we can respond to the artwork by touch and I went to the GDI hub at UCL East mm -hmm. and there were things that they were doing with speakers mm -hmm. where you could put your, your palm on the speaker to feel shapes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that was quite interesting. But and I was I did ask and put the question to them, like how would that work with artwork? Could we use bigger speakers so that artwork could transfer through that? And um, I think there's, there would be issues with funding, but certainly I think that maybe artwork could be fed through the speaker and, and there would be no issues with kind of multiple people touching that yeah. if there was kind of concerns around hygiene or... <laughs> I, I like the idea of touching people's work. Like when I yeah. did my crit, I was very open to people touching my canvases so that, so that they could understand the roadmap of where I had touched. Yeah, and yeah. and like how did I explore my own work and where did you know the kind of ghost where I had started and ended up and I think that people really appreciated that yeah. and in turn I liked it when people invited me to touch their canvases so I could understand the scale yeah. the materials yeah. that they used 
Um, sometimes the canvases were very flat and there was no surface quality to touch, but I could understand the paper that they had used and the, the kind of scale that they were working to. And sometimes you could feel the material, like if, if there was like a bit of chalk on there or something, and right. I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think there's always room for to invite kind of invitation to participate and i think definitely with technology that opens up a lot of avenues of potential for this that that are yet untapped i think in a lot of ways when you're doing that crit for example do you really like i don't mean i don't mean tactile feel but do do you feel sort of like the artist's presence in the painting or am i just being a hippie or like do you because because i really do sometimes feel like there's something in in an object of, of someone else and um yeah. And some of them know, especially one of them was just kind of a very smooth paper. Mm. So it was very hard to feel anything. But I appreciated that I could feel that there was a smooth Korean paper that had been used. Mm. And then in one of them was very ambitious. It was the size of the wall. And I could feel the that there was like pastel and chalk that had been used. Yeah. And um, the way that he was describing it, you know, there was lots of visceral mark making. And as I got to walk across that wall, sized paper, I could feel like, you know, these rushes of marks. And, and then, you know, that rubbed off onto my fingers. And yeah. I appreciated that I could then literally pick up that energy on yeah. my fingertips. Yeah. So I did get to literally kind of like ghost my fingers across like where he had been. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I, There's, yeah, that's, I think that's why painting is so powerful too. Cause it just has that, yeah. Like what you said, the ghostly haptic yeah. sort of presence of, of someone Absolutely. that, yeah. Presence and absence, I guess, in a way too. Which is very and someone nice, else yeah. had used like actual materials, fabrics yeah. in his canvas. And that was nice to touch too, you know, to feel that he had um, sewn in lace on his canvas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. And just as now, like, I am literally, like, you know, touching this velvet. Like, Mm. that's really appreciated. I was noticing your works also, even when you don't put the poetry, though, you have such interesting titles, Mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people don't, um, they don't, I think, think about their titles much. But, like, for example, Pluviophile or Seafarer. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, how do you, how do you come up with your titles? Um, Again, it's kind of responding to how I feel. Mm. So with both of those, they're quite water-based titles. So yeah, Pluvial File, I believe it's to do with the love of rain. Oh, I was thinking, okay, totally. Yeah, that makes sense, actually, because I was somehow thinking of like, Plumage, like someone who loves feathers. <laughs> I was totally wrong. Yeah, Pluvia. Someone sense, yeah. who loves rain. Yeah. And <laughs> cool. in both of those, they're kind of a year apart, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Seafarer is a song. It's a very beautiful song if you want to to listen to mm-hmm. it. Um, but that was me. It was this time last year. I remember I was listening to that song. It came up on Shuffle. And I just thought it was one of the most beautiful songs I've ever listened to. Um, and so I painted that song and again it was very much like my hands and my arms were dancing to this but that was named from the song painters often I think we have this sort of liquid sensibility yes, <laughs> like certainly. like things being fluid and yeah, sort of um, and definitely like yeah. still waters running deep definitely yeah. very emotional yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely very um yeah uh, intense feelings very connected to to our senses and to our emotions but I am very drawn to kind of um, you know these intense titles that yeah. just are connected to how I feel my mood the intensity of my mood as well it's nice to just 
think beyond the painting and just to have that care for the materials that you're using, the care for the name, and then for me, the care for the alt text too, because I care about accessibility and that I yeah. do have friends that are blind or visually impaired and don't perceive the work in a visual sense and are relying on using screen readers. So how are they going to understand the language of the old text? So it might be that I'm not writing it myself and are relying on someone else interpreting that and to make sure that I'm crediting, crediting the correct people too. Yeah. I just started to do alt text finally mm. for my posts. And it's like, um, how kind of, how straightforward do you, should alt text be actually? Because, you know, as a writer also, I was like, yeah. I, I wrote it, but then I like read it again and I was like, mm. oh, geez, this is too like... I don't know. I'm like, how? yeah, how, what do you think about that? What do you think is the right, um, should it be more kind of straightforward or is it interesting if it has a bit of, yeah, I guess poetry in it, describing a painting, right? It's hard to, you know, not be poetic when you're describing I, a painting, I guess. Actually, it's quite interesting and it depends on who you um, speak to, but I think most people would agree the alt text is nice when it is quite poetic okay. because it does elicit certain feelings and that's yeah. what it's all about whereas if it's just too head-on it's a bit like but sometimes having something that is quite head-on is useful and I do that with my photographs when it is just a picture of me and Tammy I'm just yeah. like you know this is me and my guide dog this is how we're positioned and you know that's that's basically what the photograph is but when it is when it does come to artwork I think that using quite um you know poetic language is very important because and very you know if it is abstract you know, yeah. why shouldn't the alt text reflect that? And I, I am quite, I'm very careful with how I'm like that in the alt text language too. Like I do try to elicit yeah. certain imagery and, and I try to be quite painterly in the, the language that I'm using. Grief, a void, an endless vast, a night sky in its solemn splendour. Its stars faded. Hot tears fall like raindrops and collect in the gutter of the lips. Heartbeats trapped under a crust of unbearable sorrow. The constant numb takes shelter and claws its roots deep within an empty, cavernous husk. The shell of the soul. Buzzing and whirling, seeping and sinking, hurtling and free-falling, the skin impervious to feeling, grief itself. Velvet theory. Velvet theory. Velvet theory.